Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hello everyone, this is um, Peter Hunt. For those who heard last week's episode, I mentioned that we have a very special guest this week. For the very first time, we have a guest podcaster. So Belinda Cassidy requires no introduction. Most people remember Belinda as the principal claims assessor under the old scheme from 1999 until last year, I think, Belinda. Mm-hmm, that's right. Belinda's now a special counsel at Stax Goodcamp, and she's still a CARS assessor under the old scheme and a DRS assessor under the new scheme as well as a merit reviewer. I got that right? You have got that right, Peter. Welcome to the Proper Without Podcast. Thank you, Peter. It is a joy and an honour to be present with you today. I've listened to most of your podcasts. I think it's a fantastic achievement to have 52 under your belt, and right. it's a great achievement anyway. I think it's a, it's a great service to the profession and to anybody else who wants to find out more about both schemes. Thank you for that. That's very kind. Something I may not know is you and I have something very unique in common, which um, may come as a surprise. We both spent some time at Sophia University in Tokyo. Ah, I thought you were going to say King Charles Cavalier Spaniels. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to Japan after 30-something years in September. Very good. Mm. That's very exciting. Now, we're here today to discuss something more serious than Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and universities in Tokyo. So, Belinda, what's um, on your mind these days? Well, I'm interested in most aspects of the new scheme. As you know, Peter, I'm a claims assessor and a merit reviewer under the new scheme, but also being a practitioner at Stacks Good Camp, I'm acting for people who've been injured in car accidents and, in fact, my very first real client after leaving uh, Sarah was the widow of someone who was killed in a hit and run. So I've had a little bit of an interest in funeral expenses and comptorelles and how claims for death uh, or death claims are dealt with under the new scheme. So I thought we'd talk about that today. Sounds great. So just to start, I suppose like any other claim or accident in this scheme, there are two types of claims arising out of the death of someone. So if somebody's injured in a car accident, they may be entitled to statutory benefits and they may have a common law claim. If somebody is killed in a car accident, they too have both, or their family or their their legal representative, have rights under the Act for both statutory benefits and potentially common law claims. Funeral expenses are set out in Section 3.4 as a statutory benefit. Yes. And so funeral expenses are available to all, regardless of whether there is any fault and regardless of whether the deceased is at fault. But the usual restrictions would apply. So if the deceased was charged with or convicted of a serious driving offence, then they may not be entitled to any benefits, although it's highly unlikely because they've died in the car accident, so they're unlikely to have been charged or convicted. If the deceased was the owner of the vehicle and it was unregistered, then no funeral expenses would be payable. And if somebody was killed in a car accident whilst at work, 
um, the E or their legal personal representative would have a workers' compensation claim, so they may not be able to claim statutory benefits under 3.4 either. Interesting. It is interesting. And interestingly, under the workers' compensation legislation, you're entitled to claim funeral expenses, but there's a cap on it, $15,000. Whereas under Maya, there is no cap. The funeral expense, reasonable funeral expenses are payable. And, of course, what's reasonable will depend very much on who we're talking about and who's been killed. To give their... Funeral expenses aren't defined in the Act, and so giving those words their usual meaning would mean expenses associated with the funeral of someone killed in an accident. Uh, CIRA provides some useful information on its website as to what it considers may be covered by statutory expenses, and these include the funeral director's professional fees, the cost of the funeral service, including the cremation or burial, a coffin is listed, but uh, query the urn or the box of the ashes that the ashes go in. A morning car, the morning car, the car used to take the um, family and friends to the funeral as well as the, the body of the deceased. The cemetery site is mentioned in the list from Sarah, but query the place where you put the ashes. If you put it in one of those niches at the mm. crematorium, I don't know whether that would be covered, but one would hope so. Flowers, newspaper notices, and of course the cost of a death certificate. You know, I've never heard such a, a delineation of what a funeral expense might be. That's the first time I've ever had that issue come up. It is interesting because one of the the omissions, if you were listening to that list very carefully, mm. is the headstone or the memorial is not mentioned, but it is mentioned in the Comptorels. Act. I see, yes. So the Compensation to Relatives Act 1897 continues to apply for those who can prove fault on the part of the owner or driver of the motor vehicle, and that's where the common law damages or the common law claim comes in. And the Comptorels Act distinguishes between funeral expenses or expenses associated with a funeral or cremation and the cost of erecting a headstone or tombstone. So I see. arguably the cost of erecting a headstone or the tombstone over the grave may not be a funeral expense but may be claimed in, in a uh, compensated relatives. Yes, common law that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. One of the other interesting features of the funeral expenses uh, statutory benefit of uh, 3.4, if the deceased's usual place of residence was Australia, the funeral expenses paid by the insurer can include the cost of taking the body to an appropriate place for preparation for burial or cremation, such as a funeral home, or the usual place of residence, if you're into that sort of thing. If the deceased's usual place of residence was overseas, though, funeral expenses include the reasonable cost of transporting the body back to the deceased's country. But note, this section doesn't refer to an appropriate place for preparation for burial or cremation or the usual place of residence. So if you're from Cottesloe Beach near Perth and you're killed in a car accident, mm. your family is entitled to ship your body back to the Cottesloe Beach funeral home. However, if you are from Perth in the Scottish Highlands and you're <laughs> killed in a car accident, the insurer need only send your body back to the airport at Glasgow or Edinburgh and can presumably just leave it there. Do you mm. Again, one would hope that the insurers wouldn't do that and that they would actually 
would they would actually pay. And in fact, the widow who we are acting for came from overseas and the insurer in that case was found, well, it was a hit and run, so it was the nominal defendant. Sarah was fantastic in that case. We had the claim form in and allocated to an insurer and the insurer made a decision on liability all within about three or four days. They paid for the family to come out to Australia to identify the body, to take the body back, although in the end it was cheaper to cremate Mm. and take the ashes back than take the body back, cheaper and, and took less time. I guess from a procedural point of view there are two claim forms, like there are with statutory benefits and common law claims for personal injury. There's a claim for funeral benefits and there's a separate application form for common law damages. Right. Yeah, 6.2, as you know, says that notice must be given separately. But interestingly, although you've got to give two separate claims if you're going to be making a claim for the funeral and a claim under the Comp Rels Act, uh, Section 6.19, which, as you know, is the provision relating to liability notices, does not provide for a specific funeral benefits liability notice. So if you do happen to be acting for somebody whose loved one has been killed in an accident, you are likely to get standard liability notices encouraging the recovery from injury. Yeah, I see. Twice. Twice. Mm. Now, disputes uh, about uh, the amount of statutory benefits payable for funeral expenses are a merit review matter, and I guess the disputes that you'll see will be what's reasonable and I guess you've got to take into account the circumstances of every individual deceased person. I mean, had Bob Hawke been killed in a car accident, would the scheme be responsible for paying for his state funeral with the starting <laughs> point? And I think it just goes from there. There's probably a remoteness argument. There's probably a remoteness. I think you're probably right. And... Um, I think that's all I can say about funeral expenses at this stage. It's a niche market. But sadly, for, I think, 366 people or thereabouts a year. um, One per day. One per day. Every death on a road is a tragedy. Yes, Uh, indeed. But I think the good thing about statutory benefits is that funeral expenses are available for everyone. So even the most at-fault driver who kills himself in a car accident and no one else is entitled to at least the dignity of a decent funeral. Indeed. Thank you very much, Belinda. That was a fascinating discussion and much more content than I expected given the general topic of um, funeral expenses. So I thank you very much. Thanks, Peter. And you can now add to your resume being the first uh, guest podcaster on the Proper Lookout podcast. I'm very excited. (laughs) Thanks, Peter. Thank you very much, Belinda. And listeners, any feedback, let us know. Any other people want to be a guest podcaster, let us know as well. Otherwise, we wish you all the best and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see McCabe Curwood's full team of specialists.